this first song with us as we just sing this out, Glorious Day. I was buried beneath my shame And who could carry that kind of weight It was my doom Till I met you And I was breathing I was breathing It was my time till I met you. Let me sing, you called my name. You called my name. And I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. Called my name. Now your mercy has saved my soul And now your freedom is all that I know The old you, Jesus, when I met you You called my name, you called my name Together, I needed rescue. I needed rescue. My sin was heavy. The chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm
to your glorious day. Amen, amen, amen. Happy Easter. He is risen. Oh, some of you know it. He is risen. You say he is risen indeed. Ready? He is risen. That's right. Go ahead and uh, take a seat. I know I threw you off with standing for that first song. Here's some scripture for us. Luke 24. He is not here. He is risen. This is Luke 24, 6 and 7. He is not here. He is risen. That's the good news of the day, that when they woke up on that resurrection morning, they came to the tomb expecting that stone to still be in the way, and it was gone, and the tomb was empty. Jesus, who had died, was not here. And the first people who came, these women, found him in the garden, and I thought he was the gardener. They didn't even recognize him at first until he spoke. And then when they recognized who he was, it changed everything. This was Jesus, and he was alive. And so they went running to tell the good news. He's alive. And even the disciples, they didn't believe it at first. I got to see it. They came running. They came running. There it was, an empty tomb. And all the burial clothes were all rolled up, folded up. He wasn't there. He was alive. That's the good news of the day. So we celebrated. This is Resurrection Sunday. Because Jesus did this, it proves that everything he claimed to be was true, that he was the Messiah who came to die and rescue us from sin so we can have new life in him. It's good news, amen? amen. Uh, okay, I just had you sit, but go ahead and stand up, greet some people around you, say, hey, see what their Easter plans are. All right, there's so much more to Easter than just a rabbit and some eggs and maybe some really delicious food at lunchtime. Behind it, there's an even deeper thing, that our King is alive. As we get to sing that out this morning, um, 
some scripture for us out of the book of Romans. The Apostle Paul writes this. He says, We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. He no, uh, death no longer has dominion over him. He defeated death and sin in the grave and brings us into new life with him. So if you're new with us, my name is Drew. I'm just so glad you're spending your Easter morning with us. We just invite you all, everyone in the room, to sing out these songs. The lyrics will be on screen. We get to sing them out and declare them with joy in our hearts because our King is alive. So let's sing this together. search the world but it couldn't fill me man's empty praise the treasures that fade are never enough but then you came along you put me back together Desires now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. See? 
into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you.
sacrificing your life so we can have ours and most importantly resurrecting again amen you may all have a seat After Jesus died on the cross, the Roman soldiers took him down and gave him over to two men, one of them a Jewish leader who secretly followed Jesus. They prepared his body for burial by wrapping his body in strips of linen. Then they placed Jesus in a tomb. Because they worried that someone might steal his body, the Romans placed a huge stone in front of the tomb and guards outside of it. Then. The next day, Jesus' mother and a follower of Jesus named Mary went to visit the tomb of Jesus. Just as they had arrived, a huge earthquake shook the ground, and an angel came down from heaven and rolled back the stone from in front of the tomb and sat on it. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. Jesus is not here. He is risen. So the women ran to tell Jesus' closest followers what they had heard. When they heard the news, Jesus' disciples John and Peter ran to the tomb to see for themselves. There, they found only the strips of linen that Jesus' body had been wrapped in. Mary, the follower of Jesus, stood outside the tomb crying. All of a sudden, a man appeared to her. She thought it was the gardener, but when he said her name, Mary. She realized it was Jesus. He was alive. This was the first of many times that Jesus appeared to his friends and followers. At one point, he even invited them to touch the nail scars in his hands so they would believe he was really alive. Not only did they believe that Jesus was alive, but many of them believed that he was the long-awaited Messiah, the one God had promised for years and years. But Jesus let them know that the story was not over yet. Go and make disciples, Jesus told his followers. He commanded them to go throughout all the world to help others know about him and how to live in God's ways. This began an adventure that would change the lives of Jesus' followers forever and change the world. I'm going to invite the kids pre-K through third grade today up for dismissal of Sunday school. Good morning, friends. I'm sure all of you know what day it is. Can someone tell me? It's Easter. It is Sunday, but it's also Easter. And do you know that when someone says, he is risen, the response today is, he is risen indeed. Can we practice that? So I'll say he is risen. What are you guys going to say? 
He is risen indeed. Ready? He is risen. Awesome. We're going to pray this morning. I'll start, and then Harry is going to close us out in prayer this morning. So let's bow our heads. Father God, thank you so much for bringing us to your house of worship this morning on this beautiful Easter morning. Thank you for your ultimate sacrifice for us. May we clear aside all the distractions as we hear from um, Pastor Aaron this morning in the service and in our Sunday school classrooms. Um, may we just let your word penetrate us. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. Amen. All right, quiz time. He is risen. He is risen right on, you pass. You get a gold star this morning. <laughs> Happy Easter. It is great to be able to worship together with you this morning. I'm Pastor Aaron, campus pastor here at Watershed, and it is Easter. I mean, this is the Super Bowl of Sundays for us as Christians. That confession of he is risen is our confession. It's what sets us apart from everything. When, when Paul would go through, uh, Paul was a follower of Jesus, when he would go through the then-known world and, and tell people about Jesus, people would be okay. They'd be okay even up to the point where he talked about his death. But the minute he talked about the resurrection, that Jesus came back from the dead, that was the make-or-break moment. Why? Because people don't come back from the dead. Death wins, right? Sin, death, all the darkness wins. That seems to be a motif for our world, a message from our world, doesn't it? Seems to be the message that, that permeates culture and society, that darkness continues to win. But the truth that we believe as Christians, the thing that gives us a solid ground to stand on is that profession, that confession, he is risen. Death couldn't hold him. Our Jesus, our Lord, our Savior is alive. We got to see it in our video this morning, and I want to bring us to the Gospel of Mark today. So if you'll come along with me in this journey, we're just going to read a few verses uh, from Mark's gospel. If you're reading along in your Bible, I'm just going to make a quick comment. After verse 8 in your Bible, it will say the earliest manuscripts do not have verse 9 and following. Because uh, a couple hundred years later, manuscripts had some of those verses, we keep them in our Bible. However, the earliest manuscripts stop at verse 8. Because that's actually where most think that Mark ended his gospel. And you're going to hear why. It's a really uncomfortable ending. I'm going to say this morning, it's a very human ending to the resurrection. That when the women who, who go, it's a story of, of, of women who come to the come to the tomb. We, we see the other stories. We got to see some of their stories in our video. That, that brings in Mark and Luke and John, some of their, their accounts. But Mark's ending is just this really unique human response to the resurrection. It's probably how I would have responded. So if you will, let's, let's hear God's word this morning, starting in verse 1 of Mark 16. When the Sabbath was over, Saturday was the day of rest in the Jewish people's community. Right After Jesus was crucified on Good Friday, what we call Good Friday, the Sabbath happened. They couldn't do anything. When the Sabbath was over, then Mary Magdalene, then Mary the mother of James, and Salome 
They bought spices so that they might go anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? Right? Reasonable, reasonable question. We've got to go finish the burial process of our Lord, our friend, son, and brother. How are we going to do this? There's a, two, there's a stone that, that was so big that it took multiple people. Who's going to roll this away? How can we do this? Verse 4, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. They were distressed. They were overwhelmed. They were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, this messenger said. Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he's going on ahead of you into Galilee. There you'll see him just as he told you. And here's the ending that we have in the earliest manuscripts of Mark. Trembling and bewildered. Physically shaking, confused, kind of at a loss. The women went out, fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. They messed them up. What they had just encountered, this otherworldly, non-human thing, this miracle, sent them away shaking. Now, if we read the other accounts, yeah, we hear about Jesus meeting them and all that other good stuff. But today, I want to focus in on this account because there's something in it for us. There's something beautiful there. Now, I want to take us to a different holiday as we begin, and that's Christmas. How many of you know, anybody know the movie? Shout it out. Santa Claus, right? Yeah, so in my house, we we binge watch all kinds of Christmas movies during the Christmas season. Um, depending on which child, we're allowed to start at certain times. So this child, I want to start as soon as I possibly can. Santa Claus is one of my favorites. Maybe it's because I grew up on home improvement. Um, So young people, home improvement was a show. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Tim Allen, love it, right? And and, and in this movie, right, we know Santa Claus falls from the roof. There's a Santa Claus claws that if you put on the suit, you're now Santa Claus, right? He goes to the North Pole, and there he is with Judy. Unfortunately, Judy never comes back in all the movies. I want, what happens? I digress. But Judy makes some good hot cocoa, right? And she's talking to Scott Kelvin, SC, about being Santa. He can't believe this, right? This is something that blows his mind. This, this can't be possible. This has got to be a joke. Somebody must have drugged him. Something Right? And she says this great line that shows up in other places, other movies. She says, seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Right? Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. What I want to say this morning is I think that when we believe, it also helps us to actually see. That believing is truly seeing. See, the women come to the tomb, and they come bewildered. They, be, they come in grief and in loss. 
right? They're alarmed. is isn't just a shock of this young man. They had just lived through the day after the day their friend, their son, their brother was murdered. If you've ever gone through loss, it's a shock of a moment, but that day after, when you step into the new chapter, doesn't feel so new. When you step into that next moment, sometimes it feels like it's an abyss. You're stepping into darkness. Mark, much like the Gospel of John, says they come early in the morning. And I think the Gospel writers are helping us realize, man, we're going to the tomb in darkness because it kind of tells you, it reflects what's going on inside of us. This shouldn't have happened. Our Lord shouldn't have died. This wasn't, even though Jesus said this was the way, man, it can't possibly be it. Our king should never have died. And when they come to the tomb, the first message they get to hear, they receive, is he is risen. The messenger of God speaks the resurrection into their lives. See, that's the good news for us as Christians, that we get to receive and we get to speak back into the world. That we have a God who not only died for us, who gave his life for us, not only to to understand on Maundy Thursday, I talked about how in the cross, when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Means two things. One of which is he understands what we mean when we cry that out. When we feel forsaken, when we feel the weight of the world on our shoulders, Jesus understands it and he makes a way for us back to God in it. We have someone with us always in the darkness, in the tomb. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That in the cross when he says, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He also takes on the weight of all of our sin. And all of the punishment we deserve because of that sin, he took on his shoulders. He knows what it means to be forsaken so you and I can be loved, adopted children of God. Not because we earned it, but because he said so. Because you're his creation, so loved by him. He's decreed, you're good enough for me to give my life for. See, in that, in his resurrection... He also shows us that death can't keep him down. The last bit that sin has for us, the last hold it has on us, doesn't win. It doesn't win now and it won't win for eternity. He is risen. The messenger speaks the truth into our lives. But how many of you, when you hear something, don't always get it? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I'm proud to say I'm a little thick sometimes, right? (laughs) Well, what does this angelic messenger do? He says, come, take it in. Come and see. Enter in. This is my niece and nephew, Molly and Ethan. Right, as I think about come and see, I remember when I first, this is when I first brought my Harley Street Glide home to my parents you know, and it's always fun, and they hear the rumble, and it shakes the whole house in the garage, because, you know, that's what Harleys are good for, 
And they're like, whoa, I got to see it. And, and the fun thing about that is, is, you know, my kids are teenagers. My, my first set of nieces and nephews are teenagers. So we get to relive this sort of second go around as they're younger in the single digits. And, and, and they come running up. I get hugs. I get to lift them up and, you know, just get to kind of dote on them. You love on them. And, and they're, they're like, they're kind of intrigued by the motorcycle, right? And they're like, well, that's not like Papa's. Papa's is black, and I'm like, yes, I own a white Harley, not a black one. Right? But what do I do? Come, right? It's when you get down. Sorry, most of you can't see me now. But that's the height of most children, right? <laughs> when you get down and you say, come on, come look. When you put them on, they can start to take it in. I remember when Ethan was sitting there and I'm like, well, we're going to test. I, I, I talked to my sister. I'm like, Rach, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire it up. She's like, okay, he's going to freak out. <laughs> he's shaking and he's still smiling, right? Come, take it in. Because not only does God speak the resurrection into our lives, he knows that's not good enough though. That we've got to actually enter into it. We've got to actually allow it to become a little bit a part of us. That in Mark, it's not immediately this, here's Jesus, but here there's a little bit of a slow burn. Because for us, we don't get to see Jesus, do we? Jesus is actually sitting on his throne. He's ascended. For us, their story, these, this, these women's story of Easter morning is actually ours. We're looking at remnants of where Jesus has been. We're reading stories of what has been. The question, though, is will we take in this message? Will we start to taste it and see? Will we start to take it in and enter into it as it's been speaking, spoken into our lives? Because Jesus wants to tell us and reminds us, God says, I'm risen, I'm alive. Death doesn't win, sin doesn't win, the darkness doesn't win. Come see. You're here this morning. Come, see, hear, listen. And then we come to this really, again, human response. Right? And he says, go. Go tell Peter. Go tell the others. Here I am. Right? I mean, I'm here. And they are what? They're shaken. The Greek means they're shaken. They're trembling. They're confused. They're, they're afraid. They're oh, what the heck just happened? Right? Anybody ever have that happen? Like, yeah, just that astounding, like, whoa. Uh, I, yeah, I, yo, I, I'm going to need a second. <laughs> I'm going to have to wrap my brain around this one. A very normal human response. For those of us who don't get to see Jesus right away, more often than not, this is our story. What? Or, but, 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 couldn't have somebody else have taken his body? But, but, uh, 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 right, anybody? <laughs> Confused. The resurrection might be spoken into our lives. We might try, be trying to like enter into the story, but sometimes the story just doesn't sit with us quite yet, right? Sometimes we don't quite understand it. Sometimes we don't quite see it. We don't quite get it. 
But does that stop the messenger um, from saying, go live? No. Because he knows that the only way we'll get the resurrection, we'll understand it, we'll allow its life to have life in us, where we'll allow that hope to be hope for us, is actually when we start to believe it. When we live in light of it. When we say, this is my story. I might not get it yet, but I'm going to go with it. And I'm going to take it with me. Now I'm grateful Matthew, Luke, John exist to help fill in more of the picture. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus appeared to over 500 people. Right? He didn't leave us empty. There are accounts, the reason why we have the scriptures we do today was because people actually tangibly and physically saw the resurrected Jesus. Otherwise, there's no way they would have given their life over and over, lives given for hundreds, if not thousands of years, if it wasn't true. My question for us is, will we let it be true in our lives today? I've got to keep coming to Easter I've got to keep worshiping on Sunday morning. Sunday mornings are what we call Resurrection Sunday. It's a morning where we focus on the fact that Jesus is alive. We moved worship from, from Saturday Sabbath to Sunday morning because of the resurrection of Jesus in Christian tradition. To represent that over and over again, we need this message, not of simply one who has died for us, but one who has overcome death for us. One who has overcome sin and its effects in our life for us so that we can have hope. And this message finds a new way in new moments. This past week, Sam and I got a chance to go back on Huntington College's campus, Huntington University. Last week, as we talked about the tragedy of Judas, I was reminded of the tragedy of my best friend. I mentioned last week that I know of one, my best friend who gave his life, and that was on campus. It was very real for me. And yet, standing here today, after 21 years of that experience, there's new life. I didn't know then how I would get through it, I know the resurrection was mes- message was spoken to me and I had to trust it. I needed to hold on to it and I needed to keep walking forward in it. I didn't know how all of it would work in the time, but now being able to look back, the resurrection is true. Jesus is alive and I'm living too. And I believe that Jesus is alive and Jake might just be living with him too. Because God was even able to overcome death. Right? Then I can go through the different sins in my life. I won't recount my, you don't need my laundry list today. <laughs> right? But those moments where you go, okay, so, so am I ever going to get past this? A- am I ever going to get through this? Yes. <laughs> yes, you can. Not by your own power, not because you just try harder, no, but because of the, if you keep leaning on the one who, who overcame death, and, and by the way, in Hebrews 4, when it says, not only does he understand what we're going through, but he paves the way so that we can go to the throne and ask for mercy and help in our time of need. You know what? Living in the resurrection means, okay, then I'm going to lean on you and not me, because I can't do it. I've already proved it. 
But I'm going to say, Lord, help me. And because you could overcome death, I might actually be able to overcome this sin and death in my life too. So, so God, help me. Do I have it all figured out yet? Nope. And even some of the sin that I still deal with, going back to being a middle schooler, I keep walking in light of the resurrection. And his death for me, his life for me, instead of where I've been or what I could do. Jesus wants to speak this truth. He wants to show up in your life, maybe not in a way, though, that, that is the gardener and Mary and John. But maybe it's going to be in the journey away from the tomb. Maybe it's in, in allowing yourselves to enter into the story that, that's been spoken to you and then allowing that story to start to make a change in your life. And I don't know what that's going to mean, but it's saying, hey, I'm going to hold out hope in the midst of this despair. I, I hope, not because I can, but he can. Uh, you know what, uh, uh, God, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to believe that there's actually some joy that exists in this life. Not because I got all kinds of reasons for it right now. Amen. We don't a lot of times have a lot of reason for it. But I know if I lean on you and trust in you, there's joy available in you in the midst of. Right? God's not only speaking his resurrection in our lives. It's, are we making it our story? Are we letting it become part of us? so that it can begin to breathe its life in us and through us. He is risen. Let me say that one more time. He is risen. Do you believe it? Will you let it be your story? This is why we celebrate communion this morning. So that we can taste and see the hope we have in Jesus. Right, Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body given for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took a cup, a cup that they had shared together. He said, this cup it's a new promise in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. When we celebrate communion, we don't only remember that he gave his life. We are reminded, we taste and see that we have hope. That hope doesn't lie within me, myself, and I. But our hope lies in the one which death couldn't even win. Sin couldn't win. The grave couldn't hold him down. And so in him, the grave cannot hold you down. Amen? I want to invite those who are serving uh, this morning to come forward. I'll ask the worship team. Um, we're singing extra this morning because, I don't know, Easter's just a great day to sing. So, um, but if the worship team wants to come forward, um, before I pray and then we'll, 
we'll go just kind of, if you're not familiar with communion here, um, man, if you're leaning into Jesus, you believe Jesus at all, you come. Come receive a grace that has been given to you freely by what he's done, not based on what you've done. Because if you look at yourself, you don't deserve it. And that's when you say, amen, thank you, Jesus, I'm coming. (laughs) You've heard me say this before, come get you some Jesus. (laughs) Receive his grace, his mercy, his life. We come uh, in between the tables. We have uh, two lines that kind of come. You wrap around. We do have some gluten-free and just packaged option if you um, aren't comfortable taking a piece and dipping it in. So uh, feel free, though. Come, come down and kind of wrap around the tables. I know it gets a little tight. And then we'll have service upstairs as well. Um, so if you will, let's pray together, and then we'll dive in. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for the proclamation that you have risen. I think we, like the women, are oftentimes astounded, are are maybe confused, are so caught up in maybe what has been that we, we, we don't necessarily see what is. But Lord, thank you that you not only speak the truth into our lives, but you welcome us into it. You you take us into that tomb. You say, come see. Come explore, come rest in. Let this story be part of yours. Take it in. And Lord, as we take it in, this morning is in communion, as we take it in, this bread that somehow by your spirit is your body, this juice that somehow by your spirit is your blood, that you work this out in us, Lord, as we take this in, may your story become ours truly. And Father, may we trust it. May this, as as bread and juice, nourish us to be about the day's work, (laughs) to be about living. May the message of your resurrection be the food. May Jesus, you alone, be the food that leads us into life. Holy Spirit, come now we pray. Do in us what we can never do for ourselves because of what Jesus has done. God, we pray this in your name. All God's people say, amen. Savior knelt 
this new song. This is our God. Walls are rubble now. Remember those giants we called death and grave. They were like mountains that stood in our way. But he came and he died and he rose. Those giants are dead now. This is our God. This is our God, this is who he is, he loves us. This is our God, this is what he does, he saves us. Before the cross, beat the grave, let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. Remember that fear that took our breath away Faith so weak that we could barely pray But he heard every word, every whisper Now those altars in the wilderness Tell the story of his faithfulness Never once did he fail, and he never will. This is our God, this is who he is, he loves us. 
He's our God, this is what he does. He saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim, this is our God, King Jesus. Who pulled me out of that pit? He did, he did. Who paid for all of our sin? Nobody but Jesus. Who pulled me out of that pit? He did, he did. Who paid for all of our sin? Nobody but Jesus. Who rescued me from that grave? Yahweh, Yahweh. Who bids to glory and praise? Nobody but Jesus. Who rescued me from that grave? Yahweh, Yahweh, who gets the glory and praise? Nobody but Him. This is our God. This is who He is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what He does. He saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. He bore the cross, beat the grave, let heaven and earth proclaim, this is our God, King Jesus. Oh, 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 oh,
wisdom and I sing hallelujah. Come on, we declare it this morning. It's gone. Gone, gone. Now my sin is dead and gone. And I sing hallelujah. Done, done. He is risen and it's done. And I sing hallelujah. Amen. Gone, done, he is risen, period. He is risen. risen I knew that would happen. (laughs) Hey, if you want to know more about the message of the resurrection of Jesus and want to talk, come find me. Let's talk Um, because this is life. This is the message that continues to change life. It brings us into life from the darkness. The tomb wants to keep grabbing, reaching out for us to bring us back in. Whether it's hopelessness, despair, whether it is your sin, your brokenness, the tomb wants to keep grabbing and pulling us back in. But we keep saying back to it, he is risen. He is risen. This is our truth. Because of Jesus, gone and done, period. Amen? Go with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his smile. Feel the smile of our God and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, amen. Happy Easter. If you don't mind helping stack a few chairs, we appreciate it. God bless. <laughs>